What up, guys? Welcome back to Skin Is In Podcast. It's Chandelier, aka Chandelier the Esthetician. And I have an incredible guest here today. As you guys can see, I have Crystal. Welcome to the show, Crystal. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Yes, I'm excited to have you guys. Crystal is the owner of Fizz Facial Bar. It is an incredible concept, first of all, Crystal. Like, absolutely love it. And um, you're just doing amazing things. So thank you for coming on the show. Thank you so much. I appreciate you saying that. We are so excited to be doing all incredible stuff at Fizz. And I'm so happy to be chatting with you today. Yes, I'm excited to have you here. So for those who don't know, how did you kind of get your start in the aesthetics world? Like what made you say, this is for me, I love the beauty industry, I've, I've found my place? I have always been intrigued by the beauty industry. Like a lot of us who become estheticians, we kind of realize that we have kind of that fundamental love for skincare, makeup, all things beauty. And the same goes for me. And then I actually moved to college right out of high school and I was pursuing a bachelor's of fine arts. And I was going because I grew up doing theater performance and thought that was the direction I wanted to go in. And uh, one of my first classes that I took was makeup for theater and film in which I not only learned how to do stage makeup, but we studied a lot in terms of like old age makeup, trauma makeup, and we had to really kind of get to mm-hmm. know what's going on with the skin and underneath the skin, which really intrigued me even more. And um, then I got a job working at uh, one of the makeup counters in the mall. Mm-hmm. And of course, most of those brands also have skincare too. And that just continued to plant the seed of intrigue. And so really, by the time I was like 19, 20 years old, I really knew that the world of like skincare, beauty, cosmetics was something that I really loved. But I did not get to actually go to aesthetic school until I was 32. So there were a lot of years. (laughs) Yeah, there were a lot of years in between where I knew that I loved the industry. uh, But there were there were just a lot of factors that didn't allow me to to really pursue that. And some of that was personal situations, Mm -hmm. finances and otherwise. And then some of that was just kind of like, you know, when I was 19 years old, it was 2001. So I don't even think there was an aesthetic school, you know, anywhere in central Kentucky at the time, or if there was, it was very, uh, in, in the very early stages. And I knew I didn't want to go to like cosmetology school or anything like that. So, you know, it took me a long time to be able to get to do what I kind of deep down knew I always wanted to do. So wow, look at you. And now you're just like walking in your purpose. It's so cool. Yeah, I really do feel like I'm walking in my purpose. That's such a great way to put it because I tell people all the time that, you know, as the founder and creator of Fizz Facial Bar, people look at me and they think that, you know, well, I made Fizz Facial Bar, but I tell people all the time that actually it was the other way around. Fizz Facial Bar actually made me is kind of the way that I feel in a lot of ways because it's made me feel more... um, purposeful and more important and more talented and more capable than I think I've ever felt in my entire life. So it's been such a gift. That's beautiful. And you know, I think it's so great to hear stories where people talk about how, um, you know, there's a stigma initially in the beginning of choosing beauty school or um, going the route of beauty out the gate because people didn't really look at this as like a full career, right? Like sometimes I had a guest one time share that someone said, okay, and what else do you do? And it was like, this is what I do. What are you talking about? (laughs) And so it's so, it's so interesting to hear stories where like for years before, even knowing this was something within your passion, Mm -hmm. you know, you waited for the right time for you. Do you feel like there was something significant that really prevented you from going into beauty right out of the gate or hindsight, looking back, you probably could have started sooner. I wish so badly that I would have started sooner, but no one ever discouraged me really from going into beauty. It really didn't cross my mind that it was an option. 
I -hmm. didn't know that I could, I didn't, I don't think I knew that an esthetician was a thing. Right. And until I, until I knew, you know, it's like, you, <laughs> I, I don't remember having that. Well, I really like the beauty industry so I could do this or I could go to college. And then I chose college. I was very, very dedicated to my experience in theater and in the theater world. Mm-hmm. And that was just kind of what I knew I was going to do. So it really wasn't a choice. What I found to really be the conflict for me was about that, you know, year or so into my college career, kind of realizing I was incredibly intrigued by makeup and skincare. I wasn't really sure how that would fit in. And like, I didn't want to quit college because first of all, you know, I I don't think my family would have liked if I would have (laughs) quit, you know, and then also it was like, I couldn't quit college and go to beauty school because I was living so much off of the financial aid and the loans I was getting Mm -hmm. to go to be a student. And at the time there was only cosmetology school. I would have had to have gone full time. Yep. And so I, I just did not have the option to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, So then like I finished college and Uh, got on wait lists for aesthetic schools for years and was still working in the industry. After I finished college, I stayed in the makeup industry for a little while. And then I got a job working for a cosmetic dermatologist and I worked there almost five years and I loved it there. I loved that job. It was as close to being in aesthetics as I could get without being actually an esthetician, but I was on the wait list for an aesthetic school pretty much the entire time that I worked there. And the couple times that I got called offering, being offered a spot on the list, I was just not able to do it. Either Mm -hmm. I was financially not able or my boss didn't want me to leave, you know, and he kind of like talked me out of it. (laughs) And, um, you know, not, not anything against him, but I was a great employee. He didn't want me to leave and go to, you (laughs) You know, so it was just kind of like the, the timing was never right. Wow. Well, timing is everything and it ended up being right where you needed it to be. And that's such a beautiful thing. And what I really like about what you're sharing is that, I mean, it doesn't matter, right? You can still create great success at any moment. It's all about kind of how you do it. So let's talk about how you're doing it. Um, This facial bar, how many locations are there currently? There are seven locations that are currently open. Is that and not then crazy we, to you? It's like, crazy. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. Even just to say it out loud, it just doesn't even sound real. And like, um, there are seven that are open and then location number eight and number nine will be opening this year as well. Let's go growth, baby. That's amazing. It's really, really incredible. I just feel like, I, I don't know. I can't, I can't stop smiling when I think about it. <laughs> I bet. I mean, that's, a, that's, that's absolutely such a huge accomplishment. So how did you come up with the concept of Fizz Facial Bar? Because I mean, first of all, can you share kind of what the concept is, your vision, your thought process behind this beautiful brand? Absolutely. So Fizz Facial Bar at its core is an express facial bar and it's open concept salon style setup. So the whole goal is to be accessible, affordable, and efficient. That's our, that's our entire premise for what we do. And, uh, I, you know, it's simplistic in its approach. We're very niche in terms of the fact that we only provide facials and, uh, we like to keep things, you know, very simple, very focused, very deliberate, but we like to pack a lot of punch in the short time that we have our client and our tagline is skincare to the point. And that's really kind of what it's all about. It's getting down to the point of what we do and eliminating anything that might be an obstacle that could allow the average consumer the opportunity to get regular skincare. Wow. Oh my gosh, girl. So that's huge. I mean, was there other models like that in your area when you were coming up with this idea? Because it is incredibly niche, right? This is mm-hmm. something that a lot of times when you think of a spa experience, you're thinking of like 
this hour, hour and 30 minute long experience, you're coming in. It's, I mean, it's a whole thing, right? So to have that express concept, do you feel like there was something around that influenced you to go in that direction? Yeah. So I first want to say that, of course, my background is in more traditional aesthetics. Like that's all I had ever known. When I decided to open a facial bar, I had never worked at a facial bar. You know, I had never been to a facial bar. I had seen the concept. Uh, I had seen the concept in more uh, metropolitan areas, New York, Chicago, there are facial bars in California. I had seen the concept in a, on a larger scale, larger mm -hmm. cities. And I, I know, for example, uh, one of the facial bars I, that I used to follow in New York said that they did facials in a New York minute. That was kind of like their, 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 their whole vibe. premise. And I love that. Um, so something about the facial bar concept really stuck with me, even though, like I said, I'd never worked at one and I had never been to one until I started working, but until I opened Fizz. <laughs> and so, <laughs> um, but I also just tried to think about, so, and I, I love so many things about the traditional aesthetics world. It was what I had come from. It was all I had ever really known. But when I decided I was going to open my place, I kind of thought, originally that I would open something more full service. So I started preparing a business plan for a full service spa. Mm -hmm. And for some reason, like I felt like I was designing a business plan for someone else. Like I, it, I just was not resonating with what I was creating, even though that's the only avenue of aesthetics I had ever worked in. Wow. I felt like I was making a business for someone else is the only way I can really describe it. And so I remember looking at myself in the mirror while I was doing skincare and I was thinking, it's really interesting that even as an esthetician, I either make the conscious effort to go to a full service experience or I'm just trying to do something real quick and in a hurry. And so I thought, okay, well, this, maybe this is the direction I'm supposed to go in. Like, maybe I'm supposed to think about that kind of flip side of the traditional aesthetics world and play on the facial bar concept, but also take it a step further and really play on the accessibility and the affordability and really be able to make it work in markets that aren't just large cities. Yes. And that's kind of where that's kind of where my head was at. And boom. And just yeah. like that. And I remember telling my husband, I was like, I think there's really something to this facial bar thing. I think I want to do a facial bar. And I was like, I don't know if I want to do like a full service spa with like a facial bar in the front. And I thought about that for a little while. And I was like, no, I think I just want to bite the bullet. I think I just want to do a facial bar and Tim was just like, okay, like whatever that is. And then I, I remember say, when what I, Tim think? <laughs> he was like, I don't know what you mean. And then Aww. I remember even when I told Tim that I wanted to go to aesthetic school, he had never heard of an esthetician. He didn't know what an esthetician was. And I think, I was like, I think I want to go to aesthetic school. Um, and he was like, okay, whatever that is, that sounds fine, you know, but <laughs> And then I remember coming up with the name Fizz Facial Bar and my husband was like, I do not like that. <laughs> and I was just like, it's fine. Like, it sounds weird right now because you've never heard it. But like in a year, it'll just be the name, you know. And like now that we're five years in, it's like Fizz Facial Bar. It just sounds like a totally like normal name, you know. And it's like at the time, <laughs> people were just like, Fizz, I don't like it. <laughs> That, you know like, what? Okay. That's so good to know, though, because sometimes I feel like when I'm bouncing ideas off of my wife and I'm like, OK, look at this font. What do you think? And she's like, eh, it's kind of chunky. And I'm like, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> How do you not love it? It's so yes. funny. You're like, no, trust me. This is it. It's going to work. And five years later, Fizz Facial Bar is expanding to, you know, nine locations here soon. Yeah. Like that is just absolutely crazy so how did you how did you handle the expansion because i feel like a lot of the issue sometimes with growth is what that looks like um really knowing where to grow because me personally like i would not even what crystal i would not even know the first thing about <laughs> franchising right i would really have to be very deliberate in that and so 
for me and maybe people listening, like how did you handle or know when it was time to grow and what that, what that moment felt like for you? Sure. Um, so, you know, initially when the first location came about, I remember just thinking, I hope just one person shows up and I just hope we don't have to like fire everybody and me just like do all the facials so we can pay the bills because we're under this lease for five years. Right. <laughs> I just remember, <laughs> I just remember thinking that. And so, um, the first team that I hired, I was one of six estheticians. Okay. And then we had a couple front desk people and we were kind of like, okay, let's, you know, let's do this thing and see, see how it goes. Right. And so we, we all really rallied together. We made sure we were competent and really confident in what we were getting ready to do. I was so lucky to hire an initial team that was really goal driven, really goal oriented and ready to take a chance, right? Because this was a brand new concept there, you know, and to, to go back to your question earlier, not only had I never worked at or been to a facial bar, no one in Jonesboro, Arkansas knew what in the world a facial bar was and none <laughs> of the estheticians I hired, you know, and so you've got this, you know, this girl with this thick hillbilly accent coming to a town she's never lived in before, getting ready to open a business that she's never worked in before, you know, and I had nothing to show for it. You know, I had a logo and that was it. You know, I didn't have the space, nothing, you know, and I hired this team. And so I got to give it to them. Like only, um, only a couple of the original team members still remain, but I got to give it to them. Like they were ready to take a chance. So we were like, you know, let's just, let's just do it. And let's just, you know, try to pay the bills and see what happens. So we had a very clear vision of the kind of service we wanted to provide and word spread really quickly. And because nobody had in Jonesboro had ever seen anything like this before, we got really popular really quick. And then of course my husband, who I keep referring to, um, not only is he my smoke show of a husband, but he mm -hmm. is, <laughs> but he of course is a CPA and an attorney and his focus has always been very business related. And so he's just brilliant when it comes to stuff like that. So I remember five months in, he sat me down and he was like, you're doing really good and you need to open another one. Wow. And I was like, excuse me. I don't think I've even shaved my legs in five months because I'm so busy <laughs> I'm and tired. Existing. <laughs> yeah. So he was like, you know, um, basically the, the goals that we had set were being met and exceeded even at five months in, which is an anomaly. So that's, wow first of all, blew my socks off. But second of all, I don't want anybody listening to get discouraged if that's not what happens because we've opened subsequent Fizz locations that have had a little bit more of a traditional trajectory, uh, you know, whereas it can take close to that good solid year to really get a lot of that momentum and grounding. So I want to be very realistic with that, you know, but the first one was perfect time, perfect place, just so many things aligned to really make it take off and give it the foundation that it needed. And from there, it was all about the team from there. Yeah. It was all about recruiting the right people that could become leaders, shareholders, investors, owners, future franchisees. It was all about recruiting people that were growth minded and could expand Fizz into what it is becoming because I certainly could not, cannot, would not do it on my own. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, it sounds like you have a good support system in your spouse, Tim. Shout out to Tim. Shout out, Timothy. <laughs> <laughs> How long have you guys been married? We have been married. Um, oh my gosh. We've been together a long time. We've been, this year will be nine years that we've been married. Nice. And, and this year I think will be 15 or 16 years that we've been together. Nice. So it feels like an entire lifetime. I was 26 when I met him and I was only barely starting to get a brain at that time. I meet <laughs> so many estheticians now that are so focused and thriving in their 20s. And it's like, 
I'm really glad I did not go to a static school in my early 20s because I would have done screwed up bad. I'd have been run out of this industry. <laughs> I would have been run out of here. I run out of town. So I'm glad I didn't do it until I was older because when I describe myself as a late bloomer, I'm so serious. Oh my gosh. I was immature for a very, very long time. So he was meeting me right on the cusp of actually getting like a brain in my head. But it took me a good, you know, four years after that to really shake it out. I was so glad when I turned 30, I was like, thank goodness I have survived my 20s. (laughs) (laughs) But you meet so many now that are just so young and driven. And that's what I tell a lot of these, you know, 18, 19 and 20 somethings getting into the aesthetic industry is, okay, it's great. You found what you want to do you're young you found what you want to do young that is so awesome buckle up and calm down Mm. right (laughs) buckle up and calm down honey what because they want so much (laughs) they want so much in such a small amount of time and it's Mm -hmm. like where are you trying to go in 90 seconds like 60 seconds yeah it takes so it takes time you know some of these things you develop over time Absolutely. And I'm going to sound like such a granny when I say this, but you know, the social media age has made us so much more of an instant gratification society. And people have always loved instant gratification. Don't get me wrong, but it is now just things move at the speed of light in terms of the media and the information that you're consuming. And people think that their lives are supposed to keep up. You know, but it's like there you have barely scratched the surface of your potential, your self-worth, your your own self-knowledge. Like, listen, Mm -hmm. honey, your frontal lobe ain't even fully developed. Like you've got to calm down. (laughs) Like scientifically. (laughs) You've got to calm down. Your brain is still not fully formed. Think about that. That's not a joke. Like, I'm serious. Like, that's a real thing. It's a real thing. Look it up. Google it. You know, and it's like, I always joke about that because I tell people I didn't have a brain until I was 26. And it's like, that is about the time that your frontal lobe fully develops. And I swear to you, it was like, I felt it happen. Like, it was like, I knew, it was like, I knew that my brain had finally fully formed. And I am mature. Here we are, you know, and they act like it's this physiological process that just happens, you know, without you knowing, but it was like one day I woke up and I was like, I'm an adult. I can feel it. I can it. handle all of this now. <laughs> right. so funny. Yes, it's true though. And I mean, you know, a lot of the people who are listening, I think I talk about this every episode, but my goal is really to normalize the conversation of working and working somewhere and like growing in your journey. You know, sometimes like you see people like for myself, I went to school in my thirties too, right? I'm 32. Mm-hmm. I'm going to turn 33. I just went to school. I'm just now figuring out like what works for me, but I have years of experience doing other things that really make this process so much easier for me. And I think what I feel like some of this generation and not even generation, but just some of the people coming out of aesthetic school, if you're younger, you miss that. You miss that entirely. And that really shapes how you are as an individual in the industry, how successful you are, that can really Mm -hmm. impact you. So I tell people all the time. And a lot of times I'm so sorry to interrupt you. No, I was going to ask. A lot of times people think I'm joking, but I agree with you so much. I think everyone should have a job, at least one job where you wait tables and at least one or bartend, either one will do. um, And at least one job where you have to talk on the phone. Oh, okay. Because it's just crazy how many of those fundamental interactive skills a lot of people don't have. Mm -hmm. And sometimes people are trying to, as they say, put the cart before the horse, you know, and it's like you, sure, you go to aesthetic school or you go to school for whatever other specialty you might do, but then you graduate and you don't have those basic customer care and client care skills, or even to some degree, just basic communication skills. Yeah, because you've never had to interact like a professional in that environment. 
And you if know, you have a job where you're job. waiting tables or talking and or talking on the phone, you'll get some good experience, you know, being talked to like a dog, <laughs> you know, you'll get some get good ready. And then, and then you won't sweat the small stuff anymore. Like that will make you appreciate the aesthetic industry and all of its beauty so much more, because don't get me wrong. The aesthetics industry is not impervious to Karen's by any means, but you know, they're not like they are mm -hmm. at a restaurant, right. you know, it's a different world. You know, most people know how to behave themselves at least to some degree in the spa yes. world, you know, in that environment, most people are relaxed and in a good mood, but you know, you, you forget to bring somebody's side salad out. Come on, come on. <laughs> and then you tell me that doesn't, they want you, you to get fired for that. <laughs> immediate termination they want your they want your head on a platter forget the side salad they're like i will take her head on a silver platter she you know and you will learn conflict resolution so quickly you will also learn how to be you know um reprimanded by your manager yeah mm -hmm. you need to learn those kinds of things it's really For true sure. i mean i agree i was a server i was a waiter i've also been a cna and I think just being of service, especially in this industry, like this is probably, I would think, on the higher end of like the service industry, right? But mm -hmm. it's so many different levels. It's so, it varies, uh, it has so many variations. And when you learn how to navigate all of these different types of energies that you interact with, your pay is directly connected to your success you learn how to upsell in such a natural setting the transition into like putting a cleanser in somebody's hand that's so natural it's like girl what are we we're i'm not selling this to you you need it so right. what are we talking about um you right. just get those skills you know you get those much needed skills that help make you a well-rounded individual so that you can be really successful that way when you do take a swing at this it just feels much more um I don't know, I would say much more aligned. Uh, just, it feels more comfortable. Mm -hmm. Kind of going back to what you were saying about social media and how social media can kind of create this idea FOMO that like if you're not doing something by X, Y, Z, you haven't opened your business after a year of school, you know, are you an esthetician? Right. Like, let's, let's really talk about what that looks like. Do you feel like, one in the industry social media has influenced you for the good or for the bad i would say it has influenced me for the good because mm -hmm. i have been a little bit more far removed from the advent of social media you know like i i remember a time even in my professional life where i didn't have social Before. media absolutely right. And so now I've been very deliberate about how I use social media to connect with other people, but also I'm very deliberate in the type of social media that I consume. Absolutely. And also just being older, I don't think I fall as victim to some of the things that more impressionable younger people can fall victim to. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. I see a girl with six pack, you know, abs on social media and I'm like, oh, dang, while well, I'm sitting here eating pizza, you know, don't get me wrong. No one's impervious to being influenced or, or having that kind of comparison phase or mindset that they go through. But overall, I would say it's been positive for me, but I definitely have known people who it has very negatively impacted them personally and professionally. Absolutely. And I think it's just good to know that like you can kind of do what you're saying where you're more intentional about what you consume so that the stuff that you're taking in, it makes you feel good, right? It doesn't mm -hmm. take away from the feelings that you bring to the table. And mm -hmm. I mean, that's a goal that I have with social media. I'm very rarely just on it, um, mm -hmm. but I'm constantly uploading, right? I'm constantly posting. So I think about what I'm posting and how people consume that. And so those are different things that I feel like help me business wise and social media has done a huge thing for like elevating business and really like putting businesses out there. Do you guys at Fizz Facial Bar have like a social media person or like how does that work for your guys's business? So we have a combination of things that we do. I'm very actively involved in Fizz social media just because I like to 
be present and help maintain the brand and connect with people consuming the social media. And I'm active on my personal social media, but it's always kind of got that fizz spin to it. Like I don't do social media just for the sake of doing it. I'm always relating it to skincare or, or, you know, something along those lines. But um, so, and then also we have a, a marketing agency that helps to oversee a lot of the social media inner workings and kind of background stuff. And then we have content creators who work within the Fizz locations nice. as well, just to kind of give that personal touch for each of the locations. And then all of our skin professionals have social media as well. And it's just a great way to kind of put your work out there and connect. And that's also another thing that I tell everyone who is an esthetician for Fizz has to have an Instagram account. Oh, but wow. I tell them, I tell them the goal, well, I say everyone, everyone at the corporate locations, franchises may or may not require that, but, but I tell anyone who has it, I'm like, I want you to understand the goal for this is not to turn you into a mega influencer. I'm not, I'm not trying to see you amass a giant following. That's not the goal here. I want you to be there to use this as a digital business card to connect with the clients you already have and give them more value in their relationship with you and then put things out there for potential clients to see as well. You right. know, it's not it's not about just becoming a cookie cutter, you know, quote unquote influencer with a lot of followers. It's about putting substance out there, you know, educational, entertaining meaningful content. I think your personal account does such a good job at that as well. Like, oh my gosh, I love when you come on and you're like, I'm an esthetician and I get paid to make people look good. <laughs> Those are my favorite and they are so informative. Like, was that something you were like, I'm just going to start making these kinds of videos or how did you come up with that? Cause girl, that is like genius. Thank you so much. So I, um, I actually have to credit my best friend Brandis with this because Brandis, uh, so I had been doing, you know, TikTok. I'm mm -hmm. sorry, I, Facebook. I've had a Facebook since like 2009, right? <laughs> so you've got like friends and family, like Facebook's kind of like a family reunion is kind of right. how I would explain it. And then Instagram's kind of like there. It's like sometimes, you know, things move and sometimes they don't. I was always kind of that in-betweener phase. Like I never really felt like I belonged on Instagram for whatever reason. Well, then TikTok came along and my best friend Brandis decided to start making TikTok videos. She's not an, an esthetician. She's an attorney. So we're like complete opposite end of the spectrum, but we both love makeup. We both used to do makeup jobs together. Um, you know, she's a former makeup artist turned lawyer. So um, uh -huh. she kind of blew up on TikTok and it really honestly irritated me that she blew up <laughs> on TikTok. And I remember going to my hometown to visit and people would be like, oh my goodness, have you seen that Brandis? Like she's just getting so many followers on TikTok. And I told Brandis, I was like, I'm a little tired of this because I've created like a whole business <laughs> and I'm still getting approached about your TikTok followers and I'm sick <laughs> of it, you know? So I took my true competitive Virgo spirit and was like, I'm beating you on TikTok. That's it. So I thought, what can I do to be authentic and have something to say on TikTok, and of course skincare i can talk about Great. skincare for a hundred years so that's kind of what i started doing and my goal was really just to put content out there that i thought could resonate with people and could be beneficial to people and then would also get me more followers than my best friend um <laughs> and so i did that and um yeah so i did that and then i beat her and uh, I got more followers than her and I rubbed it in her face real good. And then I've kind of created this good little following on TikTok, some of which is translated over to Instagram, some of which have actually become virtual or in-person clients at Fizz. And so wow. it's been this great little community that I've created. I will say this because Brandis is an attorney and I'll probably get a letter about it if I don't. She has since passed me up again. So she oh, does have more followers. <laughs> she does have more followers than me again, but 
you never know when I might be coming. You for never her know because I don't think so. you're letting up either. She better watch herself. Yeah, Virgos are so <laughs> headstrong too. Oh my gosh, I love Virgo energy. That always works for me. We're always like boss. Absolutely, babies. I love oh that. Oh my gosh. So when you're hiring for Fizz, um, or when any of your franchisees or you know corporate, when you're doing a hiring process for Fizz, what kind of characteristics are you looking for in estheticians coming out of school? Because, you know, their biggest concern is that they don't really have any real world experience. Absolutely. I'm so glad you brought this up because this is definitely something that new estheticians have to deal with. I think it's, you know, tragic and unfair that a lot of places, a good majority of places in the aesthetic industry don't hire people without experience, yep. which can lead estheticians to feel like their only option is to go solo. And in a lot of in a, in a lot of ways that can kind of be where dreams go to die because not every esthetician has the money, skill set, clientele potential to be successful as a solo, especially right out of the gate. Mm -hmm. So that was one of the goals that I had in mind when creating Fizz is to create an environment that a lot of aesthetic professionals hadn't seen and could kind of bridge the gap and close that gap a little. So we hire a lot of people fresh out of school um, mm -hmm. because the facial bar concept is such a fresh and unique concept anyway that we pretty much have to train you from top to bottom on how to do things the Fizz way. So we have what we call Fizz University, which is a you know 14 day training intensive for any new employee. So we are unique in that way. Um, but I also want to tell anyone listening who's coming out of aesthetic school and, you know, doesn't have a fizz facial bar near them to, you know, work at like, you know, don't get discouraged. Um, if you can't get hired at your, des your desired place right away because they require experience, you know, think about ways that you can, that you can get that experience or try to get your foot in the door working as their support staff like that can go a really long way too mm -hmm. um a lot of really successful estheticians have worked front of house first so you know I, I hate to sound cliche and say pay your dues but sometimes you have to especially if you know that you do not have the resources to go solo and come out of it unscathed you know yeah. don't set yourself up for failure because you're going to get burnt out and you know, financially destroyed potentially before mm -hmm. you even get started. So yeah. don't, you know, don't discourage yourself. Don't make it harder than it has to be. Um, but we do hire people at without experience and that is unique in that way. But I think the important thing to remember is whether you are applying to Fizz or somewhere else as a brand new aesthetic professional that you have to remember there are baby steps to everything that you do. Be patient, be deliberate, be willing to compromise to a degree. I'm not saying to compromise your fundamental core values and your core goals, but just understand that things can take steps. Like maybe you didn't see yourself taking a job as support staff at the front desk of a spa or what have you, but sometimes you have to do what needs to be done before you can take the next step and just be patient and go for what you want whatever you end up doing do it well if you are the girl who is folding towels at the spa you eventually want to see clients at maybe you better fold them towels better than anybody's ever folded a towel you show up you look good you behave you do what needs to be done to get yourself noticed and the opportunities will follow. Oh, girl, that was a word, guys. I hope you wrote every single thing down. <laughs> if you need to go back, you need to go ahead and rewind that because that really is like such a motivational point of view. Do you do motivational speaking? I'm just curious. No, but I would love to. I would love <laughs> What would, if you are not doing Crystal, you need to literally like get on that. I don't know like what or how or where. I'm I'm guessing it like maybe a school or some of these like trade shows, maybe run a class. Like 
I don't know. But <laughs> no, those... I absolutely love to visit aesthetic schools. In fact, I was just in St. Louis a couple of weeks ago visiting aesthetic schools because we have a location opening there um, this fall, early this fall, like September, October ish. And I went to one of the aesthetic schools and uh, I was talking, you know, about all of the things you do. And I got on a roll. You know, the spirit moved, as they say. And uh, even one of the educators, she looked at the girls and she was like, does anybody else feel like we just had church, like aesthetic church? And I was like, I can't help it. I am so passionate, you know, about, um, about this industry and about giving information to up and coming estheticians. There's nothing I love better than going to a school and being able to share whatever it is that I have to share, you know, fizz related or not. And when I visit a school, I'll talk about fizz, but then I'm also like, okay, let's just talk about the industry. Like what kind of advice can I give you? You know, and that's like another piece of advice I give everyone. So y'all turn it up here and listen. Um, your interview starts the moment you submit a resume. I say that all the time. And it's mm -hmm. like, your your resume is your first initial impression and then every text phone call email and meeting that happens after that is a collective representation of who you are so you got to be on it every single time you know be mindful of how you're communicating with someone like even if it's something as simple as hello we received your resume please tell me what your hours of availability are be very deliberate in the way that you respond because if you seem not too nonchalant or too unprofessional it can really give the impression that you didn't come to play ball you know right. and that's what we're really looking for and so that's another piece of advice i like to give all the time mm-hmm yeah, for sure. I mean, you, you're you're constantly being interviewed, even from like a client perspective, you have to really think about, you know, how am I going to continuously have my clients come back and make sure that I'm giving them what they need. And a lot of that is having those skills, knowing, you know, hey, you are being interviewed. So knowing in advance, what kind of things can you solve for your client? Mm -hmm. um, that's absolutely on the money. Um, that's, that's amazing. Great advice too. I hope you guys really got that as well. How can someone connect with you on social media if they had questions? Uh, so on TikTok and Instagram, I am at Miss Fizz underscore. And then on Facebook, it's just my name, Crystal King Booth. Um, so I have all three. And then of course, my email is crystalbooth at fizzfacialbar.com. But I get about 9 million emails a day. So just be patient <laughs> with me. I will get back to you eventually. Um, but yeah, social media, uh, like I said, at Miss Fizz underscore on Instagram and, and TikTok and then Crystal King Booth on Facebook. Yeah, there you guys go. Go make sure you connect with Crystal. Here's the funny story about me and Crystal. So we actually connected at a Circadia event in Philly and it's so funny because I remember like seeing her. You were in like that really cute, like pink, like power suit, right? Like, oh my <laughs> yeah. gosh. I was like, I need to know her. Um, and I had just graduated. So I was still like very fresh in what I was doing. And we went on the tour and you guys were just so sweet. You and your husband were just so kind. But then Crystal stood up and asked this question. And she actually shared a small story before. Can you share that story with them? Do you remember what story I'm talking about? I absolutely remember that story because it is the story that I think most describes how so many people in the beauty industry feel. And it's like, this woman just had the guts to say it out loud right to my face, you know, and it's just like, it's shocking. Um, but yes, yeah, so I was working at a makeup counter in the mall and I had a regular client. She was a little old lady and she would come in religiously to get, you know, her night cream. And we kind of developed a little bit of a rapport and we were always very friendly towards one another. And I just adored her and she adored me back, you know, and then this one particular day, 
she was like, oh, just, you know, honey, I just think you are so sweet and so cute. I would love to introduce you to my grandson. He is about your age and he is single. And I think you all would just make the best couple. And I was just thinking, oh my gosh, this is so sweet. Like this is just going in such a great, you know, direction. And then she was like, and I really, and he's an architect. And I think you two would be great together because there just can't be two smart people in a relationship. And he's so smart. You know, and I was just thinking, oh my God, what? <laughs> when she was like, he's an architect and he's brilliant and there can't be two smart people in a relationship. I was thinking, well, I guess that I know which one that makes me like yeah. the cute, dumb wife. <laughs> what? Like, what would make you say that to somebody? <laughs> and she just took me down, right? Like just both knees just hit me at right in both my knees. And the shock that must have been on my face because I was shocked and also smiling and laughing at the same time because it was just like, it took me a minute for my brain to really compute that she had said that. And then it's like, wow, I have just never like been called an idiot in such a friendly <laughs> way. Like, like, thank you. Oh my God. I... <laughs> Like my stupid self would love to meet your brilliant grandson. But I just remember being like, well, that is really sweet. I'm in a relationship, but you know, thanks. Thanks for that. But no, thanks. Oh my gosh. I mean, but that is so true though. That is exactly what people like. That's the common misconception. And I just, yeah. when you shared that girl, I think I lost it like in my chair. I was just like, it was so funny because, you know, we were in that huge conference room and there were a ton of us and you could hear what they said. There were like 200 people there that day. And when yes. I said that, you could hear a collective gasp. You could hear all of the air leave the room and then everyone start cracking up oh because it was the same thing. They were trying to process just like me. It was like, did I just hear that? And then it's like, yes, I did. And this is hilarious and <laughs> insulting at the same time. It was like a compliment and an insult it all was. wrapped up into one. And I didn't know what to do with it, but it is so true. I think it just perfectly sums up the fact that she didn't even think she was insulting me. No, nope. she liked me. She we liked me. She was helping you. <laughs> she liked me. She asked for me every time I got that commission, every time she came to the counter and, you know, she requested me by name. She thought I was pretty and sweet and wanted to introduce me to her grandson that's a huge deal not not every grandma's just trying to get their grandson set They're up not. with trash They're you know <laughs> so it's like but she just knew that i was an idiot because i worked in the beauty industry you know and she she because why why would i have any brains you know why would and you? it's like she just didn't even realize she just she didn't mean it as an insult at all it was just her facts as she knew them and so many people do think that but i think that also gives us a benefit because when you are so largely and grossly underestimated it makes for such a delicious a delicious result yes. um, because it just makes it so much sweeter when you achieve the things that you do yes. because it's like, now look, you thought I was dumb. Now look at that. And now look at, now look at you. Now look, now who looks stupid? Now this is crazy, right? <laughs> right. And it's just oh, like, man. You know, it is a, it is a secret weapon that we in the beauty industry have because we can be so underestimated that we can fly in under the radar mm -hmm. and um, achieve great and wonderful things. And we can set our own path while we're doing it because no one expects it. No one sees it coming in a lot of ways. Bam. Just like that. Take over. It's just Beautiful. there for the taking. Absolutely. Man, that's amazing. Well, Crystal, I appreciate you just sharing all of your knowledge, all of your industry knowledge, and just your personality. I love interviewing people who just who are so authentically themselves. It is such a beautiful thing to see because, man, it just invites other people to be themselves as well. I felt that energy when I met you. I felt connected. I genuinely felt like 
when you said, call me or text me anytime, message me anytime, I felt like you meant that. And I'm like, here is this boss ass lady <laughs> over here telling me that she's going to help me. And I just graduated. Like what? Um, and then so to be here almost like a year later, we're getting ready to go to connect, right? Getting ready yes. to come to your stopping ground. I cannot wait. I <laughs> screamed out loud when I saw that it was going to be in Nashville. And then I immediately started messaging people. Like I messaged you. I messaged some other people that I had connected with. And I was like, are you coming to Nashville? Like, please tell me you are. So I can't wait to see you in person again and hug your neck. And I'm so forever grateful that you came up to me at the Circadia event because I feel like it was love at first sight for the two of us. Um, you are such a powerful person and such a great presence. And like, I am so incredibly proud to know you and like, it's just, I can't wait to see everything that you continue to do. And this podcast is going to be such an incredible and already is an incredible resource. I've been listening to some of your other episodes and it's such a great resource for people. So for those of you that are listening, like, um, I appreciate the opportunity to, to do this and to connect with you all. And like, um, I hope this isn't the last time you'll have me as a guest. We have to do this again. No, yes, let's definitely do it again. I would love that. Oh my gosh. Okay. Yes. We'll get it set up. We'll do it. We'll do a follow. Yeah. We'll do. Yeah. We'll do a follow up. We'll do it like a, it'll be like a yearly anniversary thing, right? Oh, I love that. <laughs> oh, that's so fun, Crystal and Jan. All back right. together again. Back together. Right. Girl, don't find, let me find out you can rap, girl. Oh my god. <laughs> Well, you know, I sound like a hillbilly when I do it, but I I do know every word to a left eyes rap in Waterfalls by okay. TLC. We're so in that. That's what we're doing. <laughs> oh my god. There we go. We have to do we have to do the karaoke again. I get I think it's a Circadia tradition. So we'll definitely is. we'll do that in December. Everybody keep your eye out on social media. You'll see clips <laughs> from that. Yeah, yeah, you will. Um thank you guys so much for listening. I appreciate you guys being here. It is always such a pleasure to be able to share and pour out just knowledge. I hope that you guys feel inspired to go out there and just chase your dreams, follow your passion. Huge thank you to Crystal for coming on the show and just sharing with us. As you guys know, it is always such a huge appreciation because people take time out of their day to share their knowledge with you. So I hopefully, hopefully you really appreciated it. Now, you can always connect with me online, Instagram, Chandelay, the esthetician, aka my name is Chandelay. And then you can also find me on YouTube, Chandelay, the esthetician as well. And then there's this podcast right here, Skin is In Podcast, which you're already here. So just keep listening. I will see you in the next one. Bye, guys.